Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all of the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and check the list of them on the homepage. Today, I'm continuing my deep dive into the growing border crisis. There's a bit of news here. At least one Democrat in Congress says the Biden administration seems to be reconsidering being in such a rush to dial back some of President Trump's get tough policies on illegal immigration. You can watch my two-part investigation on the southern border if you missed it at fullmeasure.news, fullmeasure.news, where I went to the Arizona-Mexico border to see what is really going on. One of the biggest immediate worries with the flood of humanity now crossing the southern border every day now is the Biden administration erasing some of President Trump's get-tough policies on illegal immigration, policies that, by all accounts, had proven rather successful when it comes to cutting back the illegal flow. First, President Biden suspended Trump's successful Remain in Mexico program. It's called officially Migrant Protection Protocols, MPP, whereby Mexico is agreeing to hold people who are requesting asylum in the U.S., holding them there while they waited for a court date. Sometimes those court dates come three to four years down the road. Historically, about 90% of those who get a court date and are released in the U.S., don't show up for court. So holding people in Mexico, it turns out, drastically dropped back on the asylum claims because it turns out people from Central America who wanted to come into the United States and maybe even people from other places with nefarious motives didn't want to pay the cartels and traffickers $20,000, which is sometimes what they have to pay, to sit in Mexico if they couldn't get in the U.S. So this really cut back on applications. And when that was lifted under the Biden administration, it's part of what started the flood. Second, Border Patrol was telling me that they have anticipated very soon the Biden administration will lift something else Trump imposed called Title 42. Title 42 is what has been letting Border Patrol turn back people at the border without even processing due to COVID. And that, too, has been very successful in the past year in slashing illegal border traffic. Well, it turns out because of the reporting that's being done, and the crisis that is building on the border, the Biden administration may be reconsidering doing away with Title 42 altogether as soon as it might have, and may reinstitute something very similar to what President Trump was doing with his Remain in Mexico plan. That's according to Democrat Congressman Henry Cuellar of Texas, who's all over this issue. No state is suffering more than Texas particularly the Rio Grande Valley sector, which is being inundated. The February figures are in for Southwest border illegal immigration. There were about 142,000 illegal border crossers the month of February, more than 100,000 apprehensions. More than 13,000 of them were called turnbacks, people who were able to be turned back right away, I assume, you know, under the Title 42 coronavirus and close to 27,000 gotaways. And that's the known gotaways. A gotaway is evidence that an illegal immigrant crossed. Maybe they were picked up on surveillance cameras or some other you know, form of surveillance, but then Border Patrol wasn't able to get to them. So 
Those are known gotaways, 27,000 in a month. They know there are many more than that. Those are just the ones they have evidence of. And again, this goes to the heart of additional problems that happen when the border is being flooded with people who want asylum. The cartels are using that because this is all part of their strategy to use up the manpower of Border Patrol so that they're so busy basically doing social work, escorting the illegal immigrants into the U.S. and soon to be releasing them in border communities or processing the so-called unaccompanied minors. They're so busy with that, there's not enough of them to patrol the border. And so the drugs, they do sort of this like bait and switch and they move drugs into places where they know most of the Border Patrol agents are too busy processing people to catch all of the drugs. This is what they've done for many years. In an interview with me, Congressman Cuellar lays out quite well what a lot of Americans and officials who haven't been to the border, studied the issue, don't know or don't understand how all of the stuff we do in the name of being humanitarian, a lot of it with very good intentions, tends to actually exploit innocent people. And it feeds and gives money and funding to the drug cartels and human traffickers. It makes them stronger. Here's the interview with Congressman Cuellar. You just met with the Homeland Security Secretary. Uh, that is correct. Did uh, you ask for the meeting or was it offered? No, this is, well, I mean, this was something that the Hispanic Caucus uh, asked for. I, uh, I will be talking uh, to the Secretary at a later time when he comes before our subcommittee in appropriation. So I uh, left the, uh, the questions for that time, but I, I did ask the question about what our constituents are seeing down there in the border. Uh, they asked me this question, said, Congressman, let me get this straight. So they're letting undocumented people in, a lot of them without being tested, but the legal visa holders, the Mexicans, that uh, before the pandemic, uh, about 18 million would come into the U.S. and spend over $19 billion. So they're not letting the legal visa holders in, but the undocumented are in. So my question was just basically asking the secretary, can we see how we can open up the border? Because you know this very well. If you fly, you can come in from Mexico. But if you try to cross the bridge, they're not going to let you in. So that's the uh, inconsistency that I see on who comes in, and who doesn't come into the United States. Did he act like he would address that? or? Take uh, I asked him for a, a name that I could talk to. He gave him the name, and we are going to follow up on that issue. For people who haven't been to the border, and most people will never go down there, your district is in Texas. What's happening there today? Okay. Well, first, let's talk about two things. If people think that the border is a place that's in chaos and there's a lot of crime, I always refer people to the latest FBI stats that show that uh, the border has a lower crime rate when it comes to rape, murder, assault than the average at the state of Texas. Or even in Washington, when I fly over here, I always tell people the most da most dangerous thing that I see at the border is when I leave Laredo to fly to Washington because the murder, rape, assault uh, rate here in Washington is about three, four times higher than the border. Now, humanitarian situation, yes, we're seeing families, uh, unaccompanied kids, and this is the general numbers. Uh, out of the 100,000 people that passed uh, or were encountered by Border Patrol, and notice that I encounter because it doesn't include the getaways, the ones that escape. Uh, but out of the ones that were encountered by Border Patrol, about 100,000 in, in March, um, about 8% uh, are unaccompanied kids, uh, about 9% of them are family units, and the rest, about 83%, are single adults, mainly male. 
so that's what we're seeing. And most of the mail are returned back under Title 42. As you know, that's the 1944 law uh, that is used to return people uh, because of public health reasons. Some family units, if the kids are age 13 and above, are returned under, under Title 42. So I say this because imagine if people are seeing families and unaccompanied kids coming in. Imagine if the single adults would be coming in, which are 83% of the crossers right now. Some of the concern is that there seems to be, at least border officials believe that in the near future, the Title 42 that turns back people will be lifted and all of those people will be admitted to the United States. It would be a mistake for the administration, and I've told them that, uh, that it would be a, a mistake for them to allow uh, people in uh, without using Title 42 uh, because of the pandemic. I mean, you know what we say on the border, there's not, not enough vaccines. Our hospitals have been hit pretty hard, even though things are getting better. And to just let everybody in, uh, it would be a mistake. So I told them they should keep Title 42, at least during the pandemic for a while. Uh, and also the uh, MPP, that is, can we process some of those people away from the border. And guess what? Uh, the secretary now has said that they're going to be looking at some sort of processing centers in Mexico, but they need Mexico's help to process people before they come into the U.S. In my opinion, it's a modified version of the MPP. So it's a little bit like what President Trump was doing. Absolutely. MPP is Migrant Protection Protocol. Right. Which President Trump instituted that uh, Mexico agreed to to allow um, people applying for asylum to be held or to wait in Mexico for their court date. That's correct. And and the difference here is they don't want to do it at the U.S. border. They want to work with Mexico and do it, I assume, at the southern border. We're waiting for that detail. But that's the impression I got. Uh, waiting for some information. And I think that's the right way. I mean, what we need to do is instead of letting people coming in and wait for years before they get a court hearing, let them apply in their country or in another country before they come in. Um, is the talk about doing that because of this crisis on the border or the emergency that we're seeing? It's being done, uh, I believe, and I encourage them to do this because the message uh, that's that's been heard in Central America, the message where I think the Biden administration wanted to get away from this cruel policies, separating kids uh, from uh, from their mom and, and dads, which was totally wrong what President Trump did. I think uh, this presentation or this projection of we're doing this a more humane way is given the indication and the cartels are using this new message to show, hey, they're going to let you in. They're, let, they're, they're going to let you in. So it's being turned around by the drug cartels because there's three messages that are down there. One, uh, the administration, when they say, don't come now, come later. First of all, that message is wrong, in my opinion. They ought to say, don't come here uh, with, you know, not doing it the right way. N message number two is what I call the friends uh, neighbors, um, family network that says, hey, guess what, Pedro or Maria, I got through. 
come over. You can come through. I just got through. Then they see images of people just coming across uh, the river and coming into the United States. Message number two. Message number three is the criminal organizations that uh, drug organizations are aggressively marketing. And I think this is the most powerful one because anytime they bring somebody over, they make an average of 6,000. So if we had 100 people that were encountered, remember it's a larger number of the ones that got away, but let's say 100,000 that we saw in February at $6,000, what does that add up? $600 million uh, in one month, that's, that's not bad uh, profit. And on top of that, doesn't even include the drugs that are coming in. So the ones who are really winning over this at the suffering of this young people and this migrants, other drug organizations. This is information that you've known for a long time, how this works. And there are some people who predicted that this would happen if a strong message wasn't sent not to come. Why wasn't this, do you think, not anticipated? Uh, I think that's the, uh, you know, the uh, big question because within a week uh, of the inauguration, I called my White House contact and I said, this is what I'm seeing on the ground. We're seeing these numbers. Y'all need to pay attention. And I understand. They were in the middle of a transition. I understand that. But it's a message that people need to understand that there are powerful uh, forces out there that make a lot of money uh, that are always looking, probing to see what the U.S. is going to do. Uh, they can send people this way, send drugs this way, get all the Border Patrol agents to go take care of the kids that are coming in, then they'll pass drugs. There's IJAL powerful organizations that make money. And, and, and quite honestly, look, if you think about it, how does a kid, and I got to talk to some of them uh, this last week at Carrizo uh, uh, Springs, and I asked them about these questions, and think about it, how do they get from over there to over here? There's, I mean, it, it, the drug organizations don't let people or drugs go in without their okay, without them participating. So they're helped uh, to get over here. And that's why in the Dorio sector, you get Cubans, Haitians, people from Venezuela. In the Loreto sector, you get mainly Mexican adults. In the Valley, you get adults, but you get a lot of family units and unaccompanied kids. It's a strategy on the part of the cartels? Absolutely. I think a lot of people don't know what I've been told, what you just said, is that pretty much nothing crosses the border from Mexico into the U.S. without the cartels controlling it and getting a piece of the action. Absolutely. Nobody comes across without playing, uh, paying a quota. You know, they, they pay something. Absolutely. Back with more after a short break. We're back with more of my interview about the border mess with Texas Congressman Henry Cuellar. When you look at the numbers today, where do you think we're headed? Uh, the numbers now are higher. And if you look at it, the month of March, April, May and June are the peak months. So if February was high, uh, certainly I think we're going to have bigger numbers in, in March, April, May and June without a doubt. Now, are we at the high point like uh, May of 2019 under the Trump administration where we saw 144,000 plus? We're 100,000. I think we're heading that direction and maybe a little higher, but let's see how the Biden administration does on not only talking about the push factors, 
the crime, the economic necessities, uh, the droughts, uh, the hurricanes that they had. But they got to talk about the pull factors. Because, look, if you close your eyes and you listen to a Republican, what do they talk about? The pull factors. If you close your eyes and you hear a Democrat, what what do they talk about? Oh, you know, it's terrible down there. In my opinion, I think we need to look at both uh, factors, that is the push factors and the pull factors. Do you feel as though President Trump's actions were effective in dialing back some of the crisis that happened on his watch? You know, he had some uh, things that were moving the right direction. The problem is he put a cruel aspect to it. I mean, when you separate mothers and kids that was horrible. I mean, that was just horrible on that. Uh, but asking them to do their asylum uh, or, or asking for their relief outside the U.S., absolutely, we ought to be doing that. Title 42, uh, which is a 1944 law, it's been around around. Trump didn't do this. It was back in 1944. Yes, I think under the circumstances and certainly under a pandemic, yes, it was uh, the right thing to use now. Tell me if I'm correct on this. When I was in Arizona, the MPP migrant protection protocol that Trump had instituted, I thought had been lifted. Uh, what, what the administration did uh, is they are still following Title 42. On the MPP, they put a pause. But what I'm hearing from them, they're going to do processing centers working with Mexico away from the border so they don't have to cross. But that's uh, a new thing I hadn't heard. That's just Well, I, I think it's a modified you know, they'll call it something else, call it a rose, call it a carnation, whatever. But in many ways, it's the same thing. Don't come into the U.S., ask for your relief outside the U.S. Now, the next question is going to be, if I can say this, is um, the messaging. Are we going to tell folks not to come, which I think now the administration is being a little bit more direct, which is good. But are, are we going to show images? Uh, Jay Johnson would go down to Honduras and show people coming back, uh, being brought back. We need to show those images because what I heard from those kids, all they, all they see down there in Central America is people coming across. We need to show people going back. So, um, again, to be clear, what I'm asking is, is, is the talk about processing the asylum seekers in Mexico like was being done under President Trump, is that something that just was raised again in the past few days or week or so? Well, they, they, they're bringing uh, the MPP, about 25,000 of them that were under the MPP program that were in the immigration system. So they're doing that, El Paso, uh, Brownsville, San Isidro. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it anywhere else, but at least in those three places, they're bringing in a little bit of a time, uh, the 25,000 uh, people that are still waiting. But is the idea that now we're going to start back up more remain in Mexico, some sort of modified plan? Is that a new discussion in the past few days? Uh, the, the, the secretary has said that they're going to look at this, I think you call them processing centers. Okay. Uh, and I think they're trying to do it away from the U.S.-Mexico border, maybe uh, somewhere close to Guatemala and Mexico. So we're waiting on details, but that concept, it's a good idea. And then um, is it true that... If a group comes in with an unaccompanied minor, let's say a 16 or 17-year-old person who's not there with a parent, but other people are traveling with that person, does the whole group get to stay? 
Well, it, it depends because Title 42 is being used on single adults and family units that have kids ages 13 and above. So they're using the Title 42 for family units with uh, older, older kids. So the next question is, I mean, if you have a son who's 16 and then one that's uh, eight, are you going to separate them? I think they'll probably keep family units together. Okay. And um, overall, there may be people who say they don't see this as a big problem. There are humanitarian reasons to let people come into the United States. They see it happening on the border and maybe think it doesn't really impact the rest of the country. What is your message to that? Well, you know, look, um, I remember a meeting that we had with President Obama, where the chairman at that time of the Hispanic Caucus said, Mr. President, and I remember this clearly, we got all these people come in and we ought to let everybody in, let everybody in. And I remember President Obama said this. He said, listen, we want to help the whole world. But if we start letting everybody in, we're never going to be finished. We just don't have the resources. So, I mean, once the kids are over here, um, we got to take care of them like if they're our kids. No ifs, no buts about that. Uh, should we open up the border completely, open borders? In my opinion, no. Should we have what's in place right now, asylum, credible fears? Yeah, of course, you know, that's the law and we need to follow that. We need to have more immigration judges at the border. So if somebody comes in, try to give them a hearing, a fair hearing as soon as possible. But then the judge decides yes or no, they come in and they go. I will say this, that if you have somebody, have 100 people that go before an immigration judge, the numbers are usually like this. 88% of them are going to be rejected. 12% will be accepted. So why are we letting 100 percent in and then not be able to find those 88 uh, percent when we only should be allowing only 12 percent and say bienvenidos or whatever the language might be? Are you concerned that Border Patrol has notified communities where they plan to release some illegal immigrants because they think they won't be able to hold all of them and they've been told they will not be coronavirus tested? Well, first of all, Border Patrol does not test uh, for uh, coronavirus. They, they don't do that. Uh, if it's an MPP, uh, let me break it down. If it's MPP, they get tested before they come in. Uh, if it's an unaccompanied kids, they go into Health and Human Services and they get tested several times to make sure that they're free. Uh, if it's a family unit, well, if it's a single adult, they're returned within hours back into Mexico, so they're not tested. Family units, it depends. If the Border Patrol sends them to an NGO, probably an NGO will test them. Uh, they usually do. But if they have their travel uh, preparations already and they go straight to a bus station or maybe even an airport, then they're not tested. And one of the things we've been telling Border Patrol, hey, at least tell our communities what you're doing. And they, they try to do their best to let communities or NGOs what's happening when the releases are. Is there any reason Border Patrol shouldn't be testing people before they're released? I've asked them that question. They basically said it's not our mission. We're here to secure the border. We're not here to test people. Uh, can we have some contractors or other ways or can we get the NGOs uh, involved a lot more or reimburse cities to do that? Absolutely. There's ways of doing that. But Border Patrol, I've asked them that question. They said that's not their mission. And then last question. Some people are predicting that this is going to be a terrible summer, you know, if things don't change in terms of border and crisis. What do you see? 
Well, what I see is if we still have this pandemic, it amplifies the situation. We've had higher numbers of family units on unaccompanied kids in the past. We've had that summer of uh, 2019. But with this coronavirus, when Border Patrol's facilities are only operating at 25 percent, and then you got people that might not be tested, some get tested, but some of them are not tested, then it does put uh, um, concerns in my community. Uh, I know this because I've heard from mayors, judges, you know, county judges and other folks saying, hey, you know, our hospitals, even though things are getting better, but our hospitals have been pretty full to capacity. We're not getting enough vaccines, even though it's getting better. So, yeah, people are concerned about possibility of people being released without their knowledge uh, in our local communities. That was Democrat Henry Cuellar of Texas, a state which suffers a great deal of the immediate consequence when there's a border crisis. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm working hard to shed light on and give voice to various views, scientific studies, factual information that others are trying to censor in this environment. Whether I agree with the information or not is not what's important. It's important to protect the free flow of information in America before it's too late. And here's how you can help defeat information control. Go to CherylAckison.com and check out the Censored tab for more stories and information on censored people, topics, and studies, left, right, and nonpartisan. Check out JustTheNews.com for all of your news, and don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Axon podcast, my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all of the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. Check out my book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. There is some positive information in there about things that you can do to fight some of today's troubling trends. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.